Welcome back to Seeing Life from a Different Angle. Before we begin, I wanted to thank my nephew Alec for the intro music and the exit music that he has uh, recorded for me. He did it a while back, and I apologize for the sound of it because I'm playing it through my computer into my microphone, and I know it doesn't come across clear, but it is quite beautiful. Um, and he's done an amazing job with that, and I just wanted to thank him again for that. In addition, I wanted to remind listeners that they are more than welcome, and I would be very happy to have them do so, to give me their thoughts or their feedback, to follow me or like the Seeing Life from a Different Angle Facebook page. I, I am more than happy to hear what it is you have to say, more than interested in your thoughts or ideas about what it is we talk about or things that you would like to talk about or things you would like to explore. You know, I'm certainly also interested if anyone, you know, would like to take the time to kind of make this more of an interactive show um, and, you know, to have to join me, you know, electronically or physically to kind of talk about different topics related to religion, philosophy and psychology. You know, not everyone can be an expert in everything, and I'm certainly not. Um, so, you know, I would certainly be happy to get other feedback, other ideas, other insights. There are certainly many people who are much brighter than I, and I would love to, you know, get their feedback and get their thoughts and, and share those things with you. So, that being said, what I wanted to talk about today was something I had come across a while back when I was listening to and, and reading C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters. And in The Screwtape Letters, basically the, print, the story behind The Screwtape Letters, if you're not familiar with it, is that C.S. Lewis has written a book basically from the point of view of this devil, Screwtape, who is trying to coach and train his assistant, his nephew, Wormwood, about how to get this individual that Wormwood is in charge of. And basically the idea is that each of us has a devil that is seeking to bring about our ruination, to bring us down to hell. And so Screwtape is talking to and teaching and coaching Wormwood through these letters. And in one of the letters, one of the things he talks about, which I thought was a fascinating concept, it seems so straightforward. And seems so basic, but I think it's one of those types of things we just do not really consider very often. And that is what's, what C.S. Lewis referred to as the principle of undulation. And by that, what he meant was that each of us is going to go through bouts of ups and downs, peaks and troughs. And it applies to all aspects of our lives. You know, you think about your relationship, there are times when you are passionately in love with someone or you like them very, very deeply and your best friends or your loves and your lovers, whatever the case might be. But then there are times when it's just like, oh, you know, what what is it that draws me to this person? I don't remember. Or I can't think about it or I don't feel it right now. And obviously within the screw tape letters, one of the things that C.S. Lewis is talking about is undulation in regards to our religious fervor. And I think it's a fascinating idea because it applies well to our principles um, that we have talked about in terms of our status quo psychologically. You know, when we consider it this way, is that there are times when we have these peaks in a religious fervor. 
in our excitement. You know, we're so excited about God. We're so excited about Christ, the Holy Spirit. We're excited to be a member of a, a religious community. We're excited for the realization that we're going to go to heaven or we're excited to take care of those in need and do so for Christ. And we're doing all these things and we feel this great joy. And you can see that in so many people who, you know, they, they get involved in a church. They become very excited, very passionate about what it is that they're doing, what it is they're experiencing. But then there come these troughs. And these troughs may be instantaneous or they may be a slow slide into a trough, but they move from that fervor into that trough, that valley, where they're not really excited anymore. They're slowing down. They're not sure why it is that God is doing the things that God is doing in their lives or not doing the things that they want God to do in their lives. And so they become less passionate, less fervent about their passion or their desire or their faith. And so one of the things that, that uh, Screwtape does at that point in time is he says, you know, to Wormwood, okay, people will go through these bouts. And so don't be too excited when someone is in a trough, but use that to your advantage. And what he meant by that was to say, in when someone is in that trough, focus on encouraging them not to see this as something they're going to come out of. Focus, focus instead on, okay, well, that was, that was nice to have that feeling for a little while, but it's not very real. The love of God is not very real. The excitement for God is not very real. The excitement to be with others, take care of others, connect with others, all for the sake of Christ, that's not very real. Instead, what is real is that, you know, I have to take care of myself. I have to be the sole support for myself emotionally, psychologically, intellectually. And, you know, God really isn't that big a factor in my life. And so that's what we kind of experience or people can experience in that trough. And so taking these concepts, I think it's an interesting one to consider. You know, do we experience these peaks but because at some level or another, we are touching upon something very primitive in us, but something very real in us, something that is indeed unconscious to us. And what I'm referring to specifically is something that I've talked about before, that wide open reality, that sense that, you know, we have this period of time in our lives when we are deeply, passionately connected with God and we feel God's love. And it's the moments and if only they could be longer, but moments, hours, days, weeks, months, you know, when we feel this deep and passionate connection with God and we return to that moment when we have these religious fervors, these exciting peaks. And when we go back, when we slide down into, and I honestly go back to the troughs because most of us tend to live in that trough-like state that valley state, you know, when we go back to that place, what we're experiencing is what it is that is also deeply and sadly familiar, which is the myopic reality that we all live in. And so in that state, it is easy to say, okay, well, there's no one here that's going to rescue me from this because that's how we were raised. That's what we were raised to think about. That's what we were raised to consider to be real life because of fear, because we want to go along, we want to get along to fit in. And so it's easy to say, okay, this is what's familiar to me, and I've got to be the person that takes care of myself. I've got to be the person who meets my own needs and takes care of my own needs. And so when we think about it, you know, psychologically it makes sense. But 
our goal is not necessarily to say, I want to stay in this place and take care of myself because that's such an unhealthy perspective to stay in that place, that trough where, you know, like in this case with the book, religious fervor is diminished down to nothingness and the devil has his way with us where he can say, okay, you know, there's nothing really good. So why don't you find something good? There's no real lifelong pleasure. You live, you know, but a brief period of time. You're a blip in time. So eat, drink and be merry, you know, and so we'll, we'll go after those artificial pleasures of life, eating, drinking, sex, you know, violence, whatever it might be that will gratify us physically and give us some sense of tension reduction and emotional gratification. But the truth is, is that deep down inside of us at an unconscious level, there is this passionate desire to reconnect with God and to have those moments of great passion and great fervor and great excitement. And so our task in life, you know, is to one, seek those peaks, to seek out those moments, and two, to seek out and to work on those ways that keep us in that trough. And to, and third, I think, is to seek out individuals in our lives that may keep us in those troughs, you know, because we, we tend to associate with individuals who are familiar to us. And so if we've been brought down to a place in our life, if we have been brought down to a myopic reality that is unhealthy for us, what our first attempt is going to be is to find individuals who will confirm that that's the best place for us to be. And so it's like the old saying, misery loves company. You know, we find company that is what it is we've experienced, what it is we're looking for, and we rebel against anyone who challenges that. I mean, why do you think it is that the, you know, Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, and, you know, the, those scholars at biblical times and Christ's time were so desperate to get rid of Christ? It makes complete sense. He didn't fit. He wasn't someone that could go along you know, with the way they saw themselves and the power and control they had. He said, give control up to God. God is in charge. Trust God. Trust me. You know, and they didn't want to do that. And so by our natural tendencies, they're just an example, but by our natural tendencies, we tend to associate with individuals who are familiar to us, who fit into the way that we see life. And so our task is to, one, recognize those things about ourselves, two, Recognize that there is also that part of us inside of us that wants desperately to return to that peak, that wants to return to that wide open reality where we connect with God. Three, we need to recognize that the people we're associating with are disinclined to want us to go there because while we find them familiar, they find us familiar. And so they don't want to lose the gratification that they get from an interaction with us. And so all these things are very difficult you know, it is so much easier to go along, to get along. It is so much easier to say, okay, well, I belong to this political party, or I have this political view, or I have these social views, or I have these cultural perspectives, or these are my friends, they've been my friends all my life. But the truth of it is, those things, unless these individuals are healthy, and rarely are we as human beings particularly healthy, you know, we are not going to provide for the care or the needs of another not in healthy ways. And so, you know, we go through this undulation and it's a sad thing because while there may be these peaks and they're wonderful, 
there are these valleys that are so familiar and that draw us to them over and over again to maintain a psychological status quo. And so in order to challenge this, we have to look at those things. We have to ask ourselves, you know, what have I done? Why am I staying in this place? Is this all that I am? And do, not, do I not hunger, crave for those peaks in my life, to crave to be a part of something, to be more than just what it is that my surroundings want me to be? Each one of us has this opportunity and is so easily squelched to be more than what we are, to, as Matthew Kelly says, be the best version of ourselves. We each have this opportunity. It's just up to us to decide whether we take it. Be well.